Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sunny. I'm here with my co-host, uh, Giant uh, Ski hockey or something. I don't know. It's getting harder and harder. <laughs> you know, there's only so many things that you can call a large avian individual. Um, small ground yeah. squirrel comes to mind if you want to start getting into opposites. Uh, I'm doing well. I've got an entire thing of uh, Ellen's Jus de Pomme, and uh, I'm doing well. What is that? It's apple juice. It's just, just that's what just what oh. it is in French. <laughs> Canada, being in Canada, every, all of our food labels are, are English and French. So, you know, even being in the most French part of the United States, we're still not quite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's two official languages and all that, but you know how it is. True. Uh, so. I think that even being in the most French part of the United States, as far as we get, is there are some like French architectural influences, and like this some of the, some of the schools also teach French, not just Spanish. Mm. That would make sense. But past that, we really ain't got nothing happening here. Some the street names, some of them are kind of Frenchy, but most of it's actually Native American, to be honest with you. Hmm. I would yeah, never there's have a lot more Native American influence than people might realize. So, uh, but I think that it's time we thank all of our wonderful sponsors. So I'm going to give a huge warm welcome and a thank you to, of course, Steel Fox Games and ETB Games, and of course we want to thank all of our affiliate sponsors. So a huge thank you to Gem Accessories and, of course, Tier Zero Games. We have discount codes for both of those down below. I believe it's 10% for Gem and 5% for Tier Zero. And then, of course, we want to point you to our affiliate links for both TCG Player and Dragon Shield if you want to click before you shop to support the podcast at no extra cost to yourself. Uh, also, of course, we want to direct you to our Teespring store and our Patreon if you want the extra episode every week. Uh, you can go ahead and go there for that. So 
let's go ahead and get on into today's main topics of discussion, uh, which is money. <laughs> I like money. Uh, actually, that's true. That does actually cover all of the topics. That is, that's well done. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> specifically, we want to talk today about responsible spending. Uh, so our main our main topic and our main focus today is going to be we're going to talk a lot about the budget decks of the format. Uh, I think that it's really important to understand what your limits are, uh, not just in Yu-Gi-Oh, but in all aspects of a person's like financial journey. And honestly, I've been watching a lot of videos and doing a lot of research and uh, I'm pretty scared of where our generation is. Uh, I see a lot of people building up an enormous amount of debt at an incredibly young age. Um, and so to that end, I think that it's important to uh, let people know and show people that there are other ways to play Yu-Gi-Oh than the most expensive meta deck. So I feel like that's mainly what gets what gets talked about is oh well you know to play Yu-Gi-Oh you got to be playing uh, Cash Tira which is you know at one point you know seven eight hundred dollar deck or more or you know for a while even like we talked about we talked exclusive extensively about Vanquish being as expensive as it was even though it's cheaper now it's still two hundred plus dollars for a cheap deck right so I think that there's a lot or for a not good deck. I think that there's a lot of other ways to play Yu-Gi-Oh, though, and we will get into those. So stick around to hear more of that. But before we get into that, I do want to take a moment to talk a little bit about our content and about our content plan going forward, specifically with our YouTube and other aspects of our uh, content space. Brand, uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our content path, I guess is what you could call it. So I want to make a lot of different kinds of content with the channel. I've always had the kind of this like grand vision of what the podcast could be. And I always vis visualize it as more than just a podcast. I always visualized it as having a podcast for Spotify and Apple. And on the YouTube side, not just having the actual podcast, but also other various uh, things, other various avenues of content, right? So we tried deck debate, which we enjoyed and we haven't revisited, uh, mainly because shortage of funds to pay an editor what that project is really worth. Um, there are other things that we want to do. We want to do lots of shorts. Again, it's an issue of paying an editor what they're worth to do these edits for us. And I know that most people are saying, well, you're too small. You shouldn't have an editor, uh, which you're right. We are too small. We shouldn't have an editor. But we're both incredibly busy individuals. So to that end, the editor lets us put out more content if we can afford to pay them. So that's why the first thing we're going to do when we branch out into new forms of content is to do content that while is the thing that I'm probably most passionate about in the entire Yu-Gi-Oh card game outside of actually playing the game. This guy this guy looks at TCG uh, player more than anybody I know. <laughs> I know the prices. So to that point, I've always wanted to do Market Watch content. I've always been very, very adamant in not doing Market Watch content on the podcast. And that's mainly because 
there is a like bare minimum like 15 to 20 hour delay in recording to release right even if we record late on a thursday evening for a friday episode you're looking at you know eight nine ten hour delay and then by the time the youtube episode goes out you're looking at 20 plus and that's when we were end up going late like we did today generally we record on with like a 48 hour buffer and that's just not a fast enough turnaround to do market watch content it's it's really just not because market watch content needs to be up to date on the market some cards might spike really fast and then drop down and everything happened in less than 12 hours and you know if i'm waiting until if i'm doing the content two days before i won't hit those fast markets so i've always not wanted to do it on the podcast and i want to do it as its own separate thing on the channel but i've never found a great avenue to do that you or could at least say, not to uh, do it in a way that was better you could say sunny is looking for a place to share his wisdom i'm magician yeah <laughs> what, what was that what magician as a wisdom i magician yeah it's a pendulum nice it's, anyway that's why i didn't know it it's a pendulum card <laughs> So I think that we're going to do market watch content, but I'm going to do it in an avenue that you haven't seen before, which is YouTube shorts. So I don't think that there's really any Yu-Gi-Oh YouTubers that are doing market watch YouTube shorts. Um, I know that there are you, some YouTube shorts being done within the community, but no market watch. So that'll be an opportunity for us to do that. But the shorts don't actually make any money especially because uh, not enough people have gone and subscribed to our youtube channel there are still only like 600 subscribers there which is not like a ton and you need a thousand plus four thousand hours of watch time for monetization so while it's not going to help much on the watch time uh doing lots of shorts will help a ton on the subscriber count and also the shorts are a way to push people towards the affiliate links to be quite honest because the tier zero affiliate link has made us like 200 ish dollars in the last few weeks since we basically since we put it in which is a huge amount to be quite honest with you and that's thanks to you guys right the people that follow us on twitter and see when we post on twitter that they have new products coming available things like that you know the gem affiliate link hasn't done a ton and the tcg player does a little but really if we can push pe more people towards those affiliate links it's a way to do a bit extra monetization and things like that. And then the plan is from there, once we've monetized enough through the affiliate links, the plan is to build a PC and start doing regular streaming. And then, so now that we've got this income flow between, you know, hopefully by that time, the channel's at a thousand plus subscribers, we're monetized, we're doing, you know, affiliate branding, we're doing uh, streaming. And by that time, by the time all those things come together, we can pay an editor what they're really worth because I'm not going to just go out underpaying editors for, you know, their time. I mean, they're worth more than however much, you know, you've seen other people paying, right? Because, I mean, an editor is worth $30 an hour to edit a video. So I think that once you combine those things with wanting to do the best content possible rather than just the podcast... Uh, I think that this is going to be a good plan of action going forward to make that happen. Yep. And uh, Sonny and I have always been very like radical transparency. 
Uh, a lot of the the, yeah. the market watch stuff idea came pretty much solely from Sonny, and uh, he's more of a market guy than I am. I have pretty much never been uh, a market watcher. I keep an eye on like stuff like any Yu-Gi-Oh player does, but uh, he's got like a super wider uh, breadth of knowledge. So I may pop on every once in a while if I've got something to say. But uh, this is this is definitely Sonny's area of expertise, and with like with the affiliate links and stuff, again, just that radical transparency. Like, yeah, it's a way to push. Like you see. Um, House of Champs always got the sponsors up. Hakuna my data. When he's talking about tech cards, he's like, "If you'd like any of these tech cards, you can use my code here." And that's everybody's there to do it. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you use ours, but helping any creator is good. Uh, and uh, yeah, eventually the goal is to help both the channel do better and also to branch out into other types of content. We're still here. We're still talking for some number of hours yeah. a night <laughs> that's still yeah, happening and we had considered but... even cutting back on the podcast to one episode a week but uh, to be honest with you the podcast itself has always kind of been my baby it's always the thing that i wanted to push the most because it was what started this whole journey and i don't want to let the like i don't want to forget where i came from in the pursuit of new things, right? Mm -hmm. could, and be, could be in the future, but for now, for now we're here until un until something changes. <laughs> yeah, until right. the inevitable heat death of the universe. <laughs> so as far as the transparency thing, I'm glad you brought that up because I know that some people might hear me say like exact numbers, what we're making, things like that. Like that's the reason that I have the Patreon set to show you exactly not only how many patrons we have, but also exactly how much money we make a month. Like, if you just click on our Patreon, you can see exactly what we bring in a month on Patreon. And that's not me, you know, trying to, like, show off how, what we make. Because it's not enough Holier to show than off. That. It's like $100. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. It, like, barely covers our expenses. But I think that it is important to note that it is also not enough to like do more with but i've always i've seen the examples set by for example mbt is pretty forthright with his patreon his patreon is also set to the same way um that was my inspiration for that uh, i think that john moore over at house of champs is pretty transparent uh even on his streams and stuff like that with his situation and that he makes all of his money from affiliate links so i just think that it's really important to have that transparency to understand that we don't make money really from like sponsorships we only make money if we sell something so if we say use our affiliate link or if we say you know, whatever you know this brand this this brand that uh it's not like a recurring thing that's gonna last forever so it's important to promote the things that we feel like are worth promoting yep. and then be as transparent as possible. So you know why and what we stand to gain from it. Cause I don't know. I just feel like it's better for everyone. If you just understand exactly, you know, what the impact is on all sides. I don't know. Yep. And importantly, we'd probably be doing this, whether it's like, zero dollars on the patreon or a hundred dollars on the patreon or whether there's a month in tier zero where there's nothing in there and a month where there's some extra right yeah we do this uh if if we didn't enjoy making stuff we would not be here 
Uh, <laughs> so and that enjoyment of making I mean, stuff is what's wanting us to make more stuff. So. Yep. Um. Well, speaking of. Oh, uh, and the last thing I wanted to say. Okay. I I want to do one last quick thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, please, please. This episode at the end of the day is about financial responsibility. That's going to be the main focus of the rest of the episode for the next 45 minutes. So please, please, please do not spend anything on those affiliate links that you cannot afford to spend. Don't worry about us. Worry about yourself first. Make sure that things are all good for you before going out and spending money on things. Because you know we don't want you to say, oh yeah, but I can help the guys out or whatever and go and spend $200 on an affiliate link. Nope when you only have $150 in your bank account, right? Or you have a bill that's coming up like rent or something like, like, like make sure that you have uh, your situation handled the way it needs to be before going out and spending a bunch of money on other things. So I don't want you to feel like pressure to, you know, support our hobbies. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I guess to that end, speaking <laughs> of responsible spending, <laughs> we're going to talk about budget decks. Um, yeah. What's interesting, I think, maybe even before we get into this conversation, is that at a top level, it's probably less expensive than it's been in a little while. Like, if you look at a lot yeah. of lists for Unchained, Kashtira, the Infernoble, um, uh, Pearly, like, lists are kind of capping out at around 5 550 which, in the grand scheme of Yu-Gi-Oh!, to have a lot of decks be available at that price point is pretty... Is pretty wild, but that's still an yeah, insane amount of money. <laughs> like, yeah, it's still even, a lot. especially lately, it's like kind of coming come into my like picture into my view of how much money we have invested in this game and how much money we spend, and that like you can really be competitive in this game for a lot less. And I think our first deck here is the absolute picture of really cheap and really competitive. Yep. So we're go we got a couple of tiers built out here, and then there are a couple of discussion points to go through afterwards. So we've got some decks under $50, some decks you can build under $100, and then some decks you can build under $200. If you feel like you yeah. want to push yourself into that range, it, again, depends on what's available to you. And important to note is that a lot of these lists exclude some important staples. Uh, I think the big ones that we discussed were Pot of Prosperity and Baron de Fleur, specifically kind mm -hmm. of screw up the price for a lot of decks that otherwise would be very cheap uh personally yeah. i think those two cards specifically so uh pot of prosperity and um baron de fleur and e even triple tactics talent for example um yeah uh, are in the rarity collection that is coming in november so unless you want to play a specific deck for a specific event happening between now and the rarity collection do not buy those cards because they will, yeah. they are getting prints in six different rarities. Both the new prints seven. and the old prints will be cheaper. I think it's just six. Because it should seven. be... Isn't it Collector, Ulti, Platinum, Secret? Secret Ultra Super? Quarter Century. Quarter Century. No, you are right. I th yep, you're getting 79 cards in seven different rarities each so imagine essentially that pot of prosperity currently has two printings that are legal mm -hmm. and you're gonna have 
at least one more coming with the rarity collection because you have the original secret and then you have the megatin reprint technically there's a starlight rare but we're not gonna count even count the starlight rare whatever it doesn't matter count the starlight rare so you have three three legal printing rarities whatever and then the pot collection is coming out soon those are already retailing at like obscene amounts of money because it's not only competitive it's also a collector's card and the only good card in the thing that's gonna see real play well i mean so pot of, but hey hey now come on pot of duality is played in a couple decks i mean x-drive is played in as much mm -hmm. or more than mm -hmm. yeah. than duality yeah that's right true. pot of greed probably sees more play than duality though yeah you're not wrong but i think the important thing to note here is that even with those printings prosperity still a 30 plus dollar card okay now we're going to nearly like over double the amount of print the amount of like ways that you can get this card and there's two guaranteed supers in every single pack the supers are not going to be changed out for other rarities so like some of the individual rarities like ultimate rare and even quarter century or might whatever be. you know collectors might be thirty dollars but the regular supers are probably going to be like five or six bucks yep you know so the platinum secret rares might be less than that point is unless you're going to like indie don't buy these cards <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. like or like maybe if you have a really big regional and you want to play something specific you've been brewing up yeah. um for example that said uh, go ahead i was just gonna say uh, for example i own copies of thrust and prosperity uh because i had decks that i wanted to possibly play for ycs vancouver if i wasn't right. going to ycs vancouver i would have sold those already because uh, yeah. if you don't play enough in person to justify their use it's just not worth the money correct also i'll say cards like thrust while they're really good if you're not playing anything above locals no for like the next six months no you don't you just don't need Wouldn't it. do it no it's uh, yeah i i think i had i had three major events that i wanted them for and so that's why i've got i'm them. so sorry for anybody hearing all of my sniffling yeah. by the way i i am i have been dealing with lots of allergy issues <laughs> where it's it's louisiana we'll make it through the one other thing so with thrust specifically it's like it sucks because it's probably one of the best three like non-engine cards in the game i think uh yes. if you want a video to watch on non-engine cards uh even to like think about them price wise jesse cotton just released an hour-long video talking about what he thinks about all of the non-engine cards in the game that are like realistically playable yep and it is it's no, insane not only is it a treasure trove of knowledge but it's a great place to look and be like hey these are some these are some less expensive cards that are good into the metagame that I can play. Like right yeah, now, for absolutely. example, Book of Eclipse. Uh, Jesse seems to think it's the best card in the game. I think it's pretty darn close. Uh, and the rare print from Genesis Impact is probably like less than a dollar. It's probably like pennies. Yeah. So it's it's really cheap. The, the options definitely exist. And now it sucks because Thrust is also one of those cards and it's like it's $80. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah and it's not getting any cheaper either yeah but i guess that leads us into into deck number one uh this deck you can build at um any price point probably between the 50 and 200 dollar range but with the eclipse rares for those wondering are five cents from tactical masters yeah so a few 15 cents for a place out of the best card in the game right now seems legit yeah uh the um and if you decide you want a rarity bump uh, the ultras are really inexpensive too 
Um, yes. As are the secrets, actually. They're not that crazy. The turbo pack super. The cards have, just cheat. Yeah, the turbo pack supers cap out at like five. Um, like like when Droll and Lockbird Astral sees pack. high levels of play, like when Droll and Lockbird sees really high levels of play, it's like a four dollar or five dollar rare. Uh, and you're looking at one one hundredth of that, literally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so the most competitive budget deck, uh, two of it topped uh, Nyack uh, YCS Vancouver. I'm mixing up the Canadian YCSs. Um, yeah. But uh, those cards were playing, those decks were playing more expensive cards, but Fluwanderees is probably the best bang for your buck deck in that format. And you can build it yeah. probably for under $50. Um, yes. the, the entire core, aside from Advent, was of Adventure, was reprinted in last year's tins. Those cards are pennies. And the, um, and the Advent just got reprinted in these tins, and I think it's 50 cents a copy. So your whole Not to core mention. is like $5. <laughs> Not to mention, the ones reprinted in the tins were the up rarities. A lot of the deck was already commons and supers in the original set. Yep, exactly true. Even original end pens are like $2 or something, like outrageous. 100% correct. Uh, Dimension Shifter, a very powerful card you have access to, was common, I believe, in the Crystal Beast structure deck, and it has a couple of other low rarity yep. reprints. Yep. Um, so It has an ultra pr printing in last year's tins. That's a really nice printing, and I think it's like $2. And also, it's a side deck card. Yep. Uh, so the staples you can play are, are relatively cheap. The the big, again, the big money sink there is Pot of Prosperity, but you have other consistency options. Pot of Duality is in most of these lists. You just max out on that, yes. uh, as well as Jack in the Hand as a consistency tool. Um, could also play Extravagances at about $1.50 a piece. Yep. Extravagance is also an option. Uh, so you definitely have choices for your draw power. Uh, Dark Ruler has common printings now. So uh, a lot yeah. of flu lists are playing Dark Ruler. Uh, if you want a good list to model off of as well, another consistency piece is you can play the Simorg uh, per, of Perfection engine. Those cards are all commons, as is Elbors, which is the field spell you would play with it. And um, those cards also can like be a consistency piece for not very much money. Um, so under $50, you can absolutely make it so that you can play well at your locals. Yep, and here in this situation your non-engine will have to be cards like which you should be playing book of moon in that deck anyway but your non-engine will be cards like book of moon cards like book of eclipse things like that which can generate uh, which can generate powerful swings in game state for not generating a lot of debt yep so. and uh if you already have staples flu is like the cheapest core you can pick up to like yeah. Even like, even, honestly, if you were even more going to go to a regional and you didn't want to drop money on Prosperity, Fluandres is probably the deck you should play. Yeah. I will. I'll talk a little bit about the next deck and you can talk a little bit about Dynamorphia uh, because I don't know enough about Dynamorphia. Mm -hmm. But I do want to. I love mentioning Sword Soul as a budget deck. Not just because it's like my favorite deck or the deck that I've been playing for a year and a half or. But also because it is. <laughs> But also, yes. But also, it's legitimately, if you don't want to play Flu, I I'm just going to be honest. I think Sword Soul, you can build the entire deck for excluding your non-engine for under $50. Uh, Incredible Ecclesia the Virtuous is like about a dollar. Moe's are about $4. That's your most expensive engine card. So you're looking at $12 for Moe's, mm -hmm. $3 for Ecclesia. So that's $15. Then Tayaz are pennies. Long Yons are pennies. So you're looking at 
say sixteen dollars for if you include all those yeah you can load and up on you can just the tenny part of the engine too. yeah yeah and then even like heavenly dragon circle it was a common in its original print right most of the tennies were either commons or rares or all of the tennies got reprinted as ultras in ghost from the past two yeah i think it, actually this is interesting to note is that I think if you're playing on a budget, you can also get a little bit greedy with your engine and have that be like your compensation for not having the expensive non-engine yeah. cards. Vessel for the yeah. Dragon Cycle is an all-gas card that you can play that isn't expensive and can replace some yes. non-engine space. And I think there are and a lot of... to be of, honest, yeah. the non-engine... Like, your engine is so cheap. And I'm just... Like, realistically, the only non-engine card that I would even play in... Uh, oh, wait, let me just go to TCG player so I'm not giving bad information. Mm. The only non-engine card that I would play right now in that deck is would be like Imperm, which is like a $6 card. I, honestly, if your deck is that cheap, you could honestly almost afford the Imperms. If you have Imperm, I honestly wouldn't buy it. I don't think it's very good this format. Like, I'm being real, for $18. I, well, I see what you say. I see what you're saying. I think it's but, only... You have to play it in Sword Soul because un, you can beat the entire Unchained board except for Caesar. Oh, uh, I see. You can, if you can... You have to have a way to play into Caesar specifically. So you need to have Imperm yeah. because uh, if you don't have Imperm, then you have to have Vishuda plus, like, an Adhara or something. Forbidden Chalice? Or, like, you have to have, like... Yeah, like Chalice would also actually honestly, yeah, Chalice. If if you don't already have Book of Moon, Chalice might actually be the play there yeah. because three Book of Moon, three Book of Eclipse, three Chalice. Literally, yes. Yeah, and then just you just don't play Baron, but you can get the entire deck with those cards you just mentioned for like like twenty dollars is not an exaggeration. Twenty to twenty five dollars, which means at that point, Baron I think is forty. So you could honestly almost play this deck with Baron under $50, actually. Yeah, maybe a stretch, but under and, 100 you could probably do it. Uh, No, I bet I could add that whole deck to my cart right now with Baron. <laughs> Barons are 45 I think I think you could add that entire deck with Baron into my cart for under $70. That's not an exaggeration. That's not bad. And if you wait until November, yeah. you could play that whole deck for like $20. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to... Yeah, I wouldn't buy Baron right now. I wouldn't do that, but... Yeah, uh, but the thing but is, is, it played like, yeah, Baxia and stuff like just plays into the deck really well. Anyway, uh, there's one, one or two more that I think are worth talking about. Let's do some do Dynamorphia. Yeah, I'll do maybe just a little quick. Uh, well, actually, we'll probably talk about uh, Runic in the under 100 section because the builds of that yeah. you can play are more competitive in that range. Uh, Dynamorphia uh, has topped YCSs um, and is a deck that uh, people are, are very unprepared for right now. Uh, people are playing Storm and Duster, but mostly as thrust targets. Uh, the deck has a lot more ways to play around them now. And uh, it's also a deck that is like kind of fine under Shifter, doesn't care much about a lot of the meta. Um, and the entire core just got reprinted in the Megatons, and it is dirt cheap. Um, pros yeah. yeah, Prosperity is like, again, a card that you could play in the deck, but you can probably build Dynamorphia for... $15 now like that your non-engine is even not expensive because it's like a bunch of normal trap cards that uh, Nobody plays so like ferret flames is pennies the all of the dynamorphia trap cards are pennies uh, The domain and frenzy are now less than a dollar um, 
all of your right. monsters are are cheap. Misk has like twelve billion reprints. A fossil dig is a consistency piece you can max out on that has a billion reprints. The extra deck is just a bunch of copies of your Tynomorphia cards, and then punishment targets if you want to play those. Uh, and your and your side can be like um, like the most expensive card you'd consider siding is Lava Golem, right? Yeah. And but on but you don't have to play Golem. It can be Kaiju's. Um, there are there are tons of options. So Dynamorphia as a cheap deck, very good to play. One thing that I will say is that it kind of sucks that the cheapest decks in the game are like very stun control strategies. If you don't like that play style, yeah. it gets more expensive. Yes, I would agree. I think I think the mid rangey style has a lot more that it can do. But uh, some honorable mentions on our fifty dollar list uh, include Striker which is also kind of a control strat, but you can do a little bit more with Striker than you used to be able to do, especially mm-hmm. with like Linkage and Azalea out. Azalea is a little bit expensive, but yeah. the whole realistically, the whole deck is really not that bad for Striker. Um, moving on to the under $100 category, though, I think that the best deck in this category, I for me, is probably Scareclaw. I think Scareclaw is a really, really interesting deck. I remember seeing Triff pilot this deck at YCS Niagara to first place at the giant card. In fact, he might have done multiple giant cards. He went on a tear. He went like 14-0 and inside events with this deck. And granted, he was playing it a little bit like differently with like a tier package or something like that. But that deck was absolute gas. And I really do believe that if you pilot this deck well this deck has a way higher ceiling than people might realize mm. and overall i think the most expensive card is maybe try heart try heart got rid- wrong there try heart try hearts in the tins light heart light hearts in the tins never mind this deck why is this deck <laughs> <be under 50? laughs> well i think so the 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 expensive part of the deck even with the tin reprint is probably visa starfrost um Oh, but okay. but that that but the, even the tin Vsauces are not that expensive now, right? So I think right. I think like you could do under fifty. Importantly, um, the build of the deck that I think probably is the most bang for your buck is the Adventure Scareclaw deck. Um, this deck does not care about the effect of its normal summon because its normal yeah. summon is a guy that like gives light heart an effect or or, or, or try heart an effect rather. Um, Scareclaw has access to Twin Saw, which is a really strong like trap card disruption. Um, and uh scareclaw has also topped a bunch of regionals um the last uh Vsauce is not the reason that that costs anything Vsauce is like under a dollar oh really i didn't realize it was that cheap and, and a tin one right right yeah Reichphobia is also in the tins so um dang, yeah, maybe so you can this is right at a dollar maybe you can play this for under 50 adventure deck. yeah yeah no you know you know the, this entire deck is in the tins pretty much outside of the engine you could probably play it for under fifty dollars. Yeah, and then again, this is another deck where if you have a Baron, then cool. Uh, if not, meh. Try hard. Try hard is a try hard's a big dingus, and Wandering Griffin Rider does a pretty good impression of Baron. Um, yeah. Or uh, there are some pure lists playing a lot of non-engine. Uh, Scareclaw is also a deck that's pretty good going second. So uh, yeah, definitely consider it. Uh, sure. Next one up uh, is another deck that got a lot of reprints in the tins, and that is Runic Fur Higher Sprite. 
the runic engine yeah. is criminally cheap for how strong it is. Uh, I think tips are at most 250 and runic fountains are under a dollar. Yep, and the rest yep. of the spells are pennies, especially if you... And you can get the you can get the ultras for not very much, but if you want to get like really cheap, you can go get the old the prints. The runic tip ultras are five dollars. The secrets are uh, two twenty five. Yep, to get yourself some secrets. Um, the the fur hire engine is incredibly cheap, um, especially because it's fallen out of the meta a little bit. Uh, you can pick up a lot of those pieces for not very much money. The sprite yes. cards, if you decide to play that engine, are a bit of extra investment. But because the rest of them are so cheap, it's pretty easy to pick those up. Uh, and yes. in, specifically in the Runic for Hire build, you're only really playing one of each of the cards anyway. You're only playing one blue, one jet, one carrot, one red, and then one starter. And then if you really want to, you can play the smashers. Um, but you're not... Uh, those builds of the deck don't play a very heavy sprite engine. Uh, gigantic is also very cheap so uh really you're not think, doing too much i think it's also worth mentioning that one of the cool things i think about the rooting for our sprite deck and any sprite deck in particular is that your only worry with the deck is sprite getting hit on the ban list which i don't know that that happens due to its falling out of favor in the format I think at this point, blue getting hit would be excessive. But one of the coolest things about this deck is that even if you pick up the Runic for Hire Sprite engine, you'll always have the Runic and the For Hire engines. But the Sprite engine, you can also pick up a lot of the Melfi cards very, very cheap and play like a Sprite for Hire Melfi thing. Yep. Easy to, it, it is an engine that is easy to move across different decks, uh, like Gigantic. Mm -hmm into uh into Ibli is something that like basically any deck in the game that sniffs at level two monsters can do yep. um it gives you access to rituals if you want to play gishki um and the runic stuff gives you access to a ton of decks including another deck on this list actually um that that is capable of, of doing well at regionals and ycs's um and uh, like the runic engine can be played in a lot of stuff runic chimera is a thing uh that version yep. of the deck is more expensive but it's the thing you can do uh, runic volcanic is a thing if you have those cards and the volcanic stuff's not that expensive um yeah the volcanic stuff has gotten really cheap yep because really the only thing carrying that set is the salmon fire right everything else is pretty cheap oh no no nothing's carrying uh, <laughs> nothing is carrying it that's true no it will be worse than duelist of the deep or as bad at the very least like duelist of the deep do you realize how much how much those are selling for on TCG Player right now? It's like twenty dollars a box, isn't it? It's, it's really low. Eighteen. <sighs> a box, <sighs> man. And the fire set will be there by this time next year. It will 18... be twenty-five dollars a box. Eighteen a box and fish zone are still ten dollars. SMH my head. But oh, by the way, uh, Salamangrate should be in the under fifty-dollar category. We didn't even think about it. Uh. I would say Salomon Gray probably under 100 because you need access code. So, okay, even then, I but, mean, under yeah, $100. Salomon Gray. The whole definitely. deck got reprinted in the fire set. Yeah, well, so uh, Salomon Gray to fire is like $18, though, isn't it? Is it? Is, really? Isn't it expensive now? I thought I looked at it just recently. I mean, I'm open to being wrong about this. Yeah, I believe it's over 10 at least. Like, I don't know what it looks like U.S. I could have been looking at Canada numbers, which are not real. It is $18. Okay. 
Never mind. Sunny misinformation <laughs> counter has gone back to one. Market watch channel, wow. everybody. Um, but no. I was right about the boxes. They're already $20. Yeah, exactly. So For the fire set. Under 200 you could do salad, but note that it would be a, a re, a, an investment of sorts. Um, wow, $20. Yeah. Unreal. So the other, uh, it won a regional one time, and suddenly the deck is a thing. Uh, so the other deck under $100 that I want to talk about is, is Plunder Patrol. Um, Plunder has multiple regional tops. Uh, it actually won a regional as a Plunder Patrol Labyrinth deck. Uh, and it also has a couple of second place finishes and a couple of top eights. Um, most of the builds are either Adventure Plunder or Runic Plunder. Um, both of which are very cheap now that the Adventure engine has also tin reprints, as are the Runics. I think Blackbeard is probably your most expensive card. Um, and you do need three of it, but then the rest of your engine is very cheap. And then it's just whatever non-engine you want to play. Uh, Bahamut Shark and... And then Blackbeard's not that bad. Yeah, Bahamut Shark and Toad are cheaper than they've ever been now that sprite is not playing toad uh, all of the reprint copies have dropped down to like a dollar uh, bahamut shark has the rare reprint from duels of the deep so that's like 15 cents uh, so a lot of your uh extra deck is just criminally inexpensive uh definitely consider plunder and plunder importantly is also a very fun deck it is a deck that has staying power over the course of a couple of years because it fits a lot of non-engine and uh, the engine is also very recursive so if you want a rogue deck that is cheap that you can play for Probably the next couple of years, reasonably. Plunder is a good pickup. Also, there is another deck on here. Uh, I don't know why it's on here, but it is on here. And that is Fluffle. <laughs> because I don't see Fluffle as a under $100 deck. I'm just going to be honest. I'm, uh, I'm, I, I'm spreading I, a little bit of I propaganda. See... It's not anymore. Uh, Rage Rage and Yama are too expensive. You can't play it for under 100 Not only is Rage and Yama too expensive for the Unchained Fluffle version... I think that there's also a case to be made for you either have to play you probably really should be playing access code on top of that uh i will say even thrust you can get away without both but like i will say mm. you can get away without access code uh ease's ninth place list at uh the regional he played at niagara falls was not playing access code because he does not own one uh, gotcha. So it is possible to do well. Uh, I put it on here mainly just to spread the propaganda. But no, if you are of playing course. the if you are playing the best version of the deck, even without thruster access code, it's probably more than a hundred, just because Rage and Yama are yeah. getting expensive now. So yes, that that price point is definitely outdated. That said, <laughs> you should definitely check out Fluffle. And you if you uh, if you keep an eye on my channel at the end of the week, uh, there may be a four-hour video for you to watch if you are interested in learning how to play. That's a heck of a video. <laughs> That's a lot of time spent recording. You, uh, That's just a good value. You I should have, watch uh, it. Everybody should watch it. I have, uh, I've been in the tank. Uh, if, so if you are interested in learning how to play Unfluffed for the next month before Agov releases and upends everything we know, uh, then uh, it will be there unfluffed. for you. Unfluffed. I love that. It was it was unstuffed, but then we came up with unfluffed, and uh, I think unfluffed is much better. Like that. Anyway, would you like to lead uh, us into two hundred dollars? Yeah. So <laughs> there's another category here. We were deciding between under one fifty and under two hundred. We went with under two hundred, although most of these can also be done for under one fifty. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, Fluanderies with Prosperities is under two hundred, but it's definitely under one fifty. Prosperity is at $30 a piece, like $30, $31 a piece. 
you might be able to pull this off right at a hundred yeah uh, because the entire engine for flu is that cheap like uh but your non-engine is gonna be six or seven dollars if you so it's be right around a hundred yeah if you want to build the cheapest deck possible that can top a ycs flu underies uh again two of it topped vancouver and Seriously. importantly the deck is way better now if unchained is the best deck in the format flu eats yes. unchained for breakfast um it, the it's crazy especially going second into unchained flu is very strong because the only interactions that really matter uh it, it totally blanks caesar and it plays under griffin because griffin only affects special summon monsters um right it plays under rage because rage can only target a special summon monster your opponent controls during the yes. main phase so the only interactions you're worried about are specifically the rage pop and the abominable uh pop coming from the deck uh so mm -hmm. if you want a if you know you're going to an event where there's going to be a lot of unchained and you have 200 dollars uh flu yeah for sure i i think that there is unfortunately there's a wonderful case for flu being just the best anti-meta pick of this format and like a good way for once i i've never <laughs> imagined the day so we much for people <laughs> i know i never thought i'd see the day where i was advocating for people playing flu to the extent that i have on this podcast but it really is like that good of a budget deck right now especially considering for like 100 to 120 you can get the whole deck with prosperity like you keep in mind in a lot of decks your extra deck is like the most expensive thing like for dragon link that's the reason Dragon Link is not on any of these lists at the moment. It's not even because Druid Swarm is like eight, ten dollars. It's not because Magnumut is four to five or Lubellians are six, seven, or eight. We could do that whole deck under two hundred easy. But the problem is the extra deck, right? Like Chaos Chaos Angels, like what seventy dollars now? You know, Chaos Angel Savage is still fifteen. Borlo Savage still ten to fifteen. Baron de Fleur is in that extra deck. Uh, Dispatter is still ten dollars. Exactly. So when you when you have all these things that you can just eliminate with flu, I mean, even if you want to play like Dogmatica Punishment and you want to play Intuses and Garuras, you can get all of that or, uh, under two hundred dollar mark. Especially considering Garuro is in the tins. Honestly, if you wanted to ball out, you could get a Starlight Bucephalus for forty dollars and still come in under one hundred and twenty. Yes. Like, <laughs> Not under one twenty. Under two though. No, under 120. The Bucephalus Starlight is 40. Not with Prosperities. Oh, not with Prosperity, right. But point yeah. being, like, and you don't even have to play those cards. Uh, my good friend, uh, Celeste Caitlin, uh, there's a deck profile on my channel of her uh, top eight uh, Cardiff regional deck profile of Fluanderies, and the extra deck was just a Ricka Sun Avalon extra deck. It literally... By the like, way, if anybody has a Bucephalus that they want to trade for 40, I'll do it. <laughs> Okay. i'd like to have one of those yeah 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 um so caitlin was playing the rickus on avalon extra deck you said in in flu, in, in flu. all 15 of the cards were yeah. rickus on avalon so you can like realistically if you want to be like exact about it you would play uh assembled nightingale and a zeus package but zeus is expensive and honestly it's not gonna come up <laughs> so... you can still do it under 200 though you could yeah you could definitely do that uh speaking um Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, speaking of Rika, let's talk about Rika. Yeah, so this is a deck that I put in, I, I thought to put in under 200 because there are some cards that are on the expensive side. Uh, specifically, I believe it's Snowdrop is um, is probably $10, yeah. but you don't play three yeah. of it. 
Um, actually, no. I think Snow Charb cut a reprint. Did it? I have to I pull up did, yeah. one of because one of the names is expensive. Um, one uh, of no one Snowdrop of, didn't get a reprint. Snowdrop is still yeah, that's eleven dollars. And then, but Glamour is not as expensive as it was. Glamour is down to three to four dollars a playset. And then the rest of the deck, uh, I think Teardrop the Xyz is probably two fifty. No, not a playset, a piece. Oh, a piece. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, so a piece. Glamours are four dollars each. So pl your playset of Glamours, and then your um, pedal. Those uh, pedals like a dollar, isn't it? The supers are four dollars. Is there a different printing? There is a different printing. Oh, I see. They're a penny. My yeah, bad. yeah. They're nothing. How is how is pedal in Maze of Memories, but print, but Snowdrop and. Glamour, I, right? I, I, anyway. I, could, I could not tell you. That was, well, I remember we were asking Con that when the set came out. It, yeah, ConCon's also a super. Um, so, like, probably the Ricca core and the Sun Avalon core isn't running you that much. It's probably, like, between all the cards, maybe $30, $35. And then your extra deck, um, Jasmine, is on the expensive side, but it's been dropping very heavily recently due to banless speculation. Uh, and honestly, they would never ban that card. they probably just limit it if, if it gets hit. Also... Uh, if it gets hit. I was going to say uh, Bengal Lancer uh, also is incredibly cheap. I believe it even has a reprint. Um, yeah. And uh, and then it's just filling out your non-engine space. Uh, the Theory on Package Reguluses also got... Are like, I was about to say, Reguluses got reprinted in the tins. That's what I was going to say earlier. It's like a $6 card now. Yes. Or less. So uh, Lily Borea, which is probably even more important than the Regulus, is now under a dollar. Um, mm -hmm. And as is the Theory on Field spell... Anything else you'd play. Uh, Strena is also not expensive anymore. Uh, so it, it, Rika is importantly, it's a difficult deck, but uh, for you could build a version of it for under 100, and if you wanted to splurge on non-engine, 200 is probably where you'd end up. I just considered something. Mm -hmm. There's a deck that's not on this under 200 list that's definitely under $200 now. Okay, let's hear it. Kashtira. Okay, but the I, only I reason really, Kashira is not uh, under like seventy dollars is because of prosperity. Fenrir's are eight dollars. Okay, I the reason I didn't include it when because when we were drafting this list is because I really cannot recommend anyone buy it before the ban. Yeah, it's a terrible investment. <laughs> <As> a, <laughs> but you are right that uh, if you want to play without prosperity, it is cheap. Um, okay, if you already bought prosperities for something else and you already happen to have prosperities and you are in a position to where you would just like to have a deck to play that would be competitive until we get a potential ban list because i think a ban list is going to destroy this deck monday i think that it wouldn't be a terrible investment because even at the end of the day fenrir alone is probably going to retain value i don't see them doing anything to two Fenrir except for maybe a semi mm -hmm. I don't see them limiting Fenrir I think if you ban birth or ban a rise heart the deck is like like people aren't going to play it anymore and so I think that if people aren't playing the deck anymore they don't need to hit Fenrir and that still gives them a reason to sell Fenrirs in the tins and stuff so what I guess what I'm saying is like even if the deck gets hit, you can still justify the purchase of it because Fenrir is the most expensive card by a very wide margin. Mm -hmm. After Fenrir, which is again eight dollars, I don't think there's a single card over like a dollar or maybe two. I don't know what planet is at because uh, planet is not in the tins. 
Uh, oh, planets not in the tins? Oh, oh, planets. Exp oh, is yeah. Theosis in the tins? Uh, Theosis is not in the tins. None of the photon hypernova cards are. So Arise Heart is not. Arise Heart is not expensive. Oh. But I don't. I don't know what planet and Theosis are at. And you need three of. You need three of those cards for sure. Oh, and Tierluin's Kashtira is also. I don't even think. Oh, I guess if you choose to not play Prosp, you would play Tier Cash for sure. I don't think a oh, lot of the lists okay. are on Tier Cash. So I think most of them Theosis are on Tier Cash. Theosis is eight. But... Arise Heart is five. How much is Planet? I don't. Pressured Planet. Oh, I I guess I would have to search. Is it Primitive Planet? Pressured Planet. Primitive. Pressured. Pressured. Primitive is Primitive is Reichphobia. Uh, never mind. You might be able to do it under two hundred. These are twenty two dollars a piece. Mm. Uh, don't 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 buy this deck, even if. Uh, even if you have disposable income, don't buy this deck. I well, I can't I cannot in good faith justify. Do not do even it. Even with our affiliate link, don't buy this deck. Do not do it. Um. Yeah, not even with our affiliate link. Don't don't buy this deck. I I forgot about the planets being yeah. twenty two dollars a piece. <laughs> so speaking... maybe just fenders. Fenders would be fine. Yeah. Next up is a deck that um is on the more expensive side of this list, but is also very competitive for mm -hmm. the price, and that is Labyrinth. Yeah. Um, the expensive yeah. card in this deck, almost all of the deck got reprinted in the tins or in some other sets. I think Maze of Memories had a couple cards randomly. Yes. Um, no. Uh, Battles oh, of Legend, Monstrous Revenge. That is a legend. That's the one. Um, yeah. The one card that didn't see a reprint is Big Welcome, and those are sitting at around $18 to $20. So you are playing, paying between $50 and $60 for a playset of that card. Uh, yes. But then the rest of your core is very, very cheap, and your non-engine is a bunch of normal traps uh <laughs> are all of the unchained cards fiends yes uh importantly wait is idp insane versus this deck uh it's complicated um it's good so like kind of but not really yeah uh, i i've seen okay. i've seen some of them have been playing idp again um okay. you, you can also play unchained labyrinth uh if you have uh because uh, you can just yeah, do yeah, that is just a thing you could do yep uh, that is actually the version of the deck that topped um uh what's the thing uh topped vancouver um but okay. uh you don't need it uh, and again a rage is kind of expensive as is yama so you can definitely not do that the other card that you wouldn't play uh labyrinth plays a lot plays a lot of chaos angel um and so you definitely would just not play any of those um muckracker got a reprint in the tins so you can now do the muckracker yep. lines a lot easier um and the furniture build of the deck is criminally cheap for what it is um yes those cards sure. those cards are very inexpensive and they didn't get rarity bumps in the tins so they're like pennies literal pennies um both of the big ladies have reprints as does welcome labyrinth uh so if you want to play that uh that deck then you could definitely do it you could probably make it work under 100, but if you wanted to splurge a little bit for a more competitive event between 150 and 200, you can play competitive Labyrinth. Yeah, for sure. So with that said, uh, we might have a couple of honorable mentions here if you want to hit a few things. Um, I think that personally, uh, in the spirit of Caleb, I'm going to mention Medulce. Uh, it's reasonably cheap, especially now that the Queen Tiaramisu has been reprinted. There is one exception. Never mind. Promenade's still $20. Yep. 
<laughs> I love Konami. They're so good. <laughs> uh, don't you just love when this happens? When they're I, just like, listen, oops, I, we forgot. I wanted to end this episode honestly praising Konami. Because, <laughs> no, think about it. Two years ago, or about this, yeah, about like January of last year, I priced my Sword Soul deck. And it was like $1,500, right? Because of Moyes being expensive, sure. Chi Zhao's, sure. Ecclesia's, sure. But like two-thirds of the value of my Sword Soul deck came from Ash Blossoms and Imperms and Drolls. I mean, at the time, Super Drolls were like $20, right? My Secret Ash Blossoms were like $130. Mm -hmm. And so much of the value just came from Staples. And now Ash Blossoms, a buck. Maybe two or three no, at most. They're more expensive than that. Really? Go look up with Ash. multiple structure deck. Go commons, look up. Go look up with, Ash Blossom. With go look seven it up. new rarities coming go, in two months. Go look it up. Go look it up. Go look it no up. shot. Just look up Ash okay, Blossom. Okay. Okay. Even so, look up. Look I up remember two but, years ago, <laughs> the very cheapest copy of Ash Blossom was thirty dollars. Yes, it's better than for a comic. It's better than that for sure. Uh, Ash right now, I think at minimum is like eight to ten. No shot. Oh, people, what are we doing? Here's one for two fifty. The the trap trick structures are th- less than three dollars. So are the crystal beast structures. They're three dollars, and the soul burner commons are three dollars. All the commons okay, are like three dollars, but okay. Even okay, so, three dollars is still yeah. a lot better then it's three dollars is know, better than i thought it 25. was i haven't i to be honest i totally forgot about the trap trick structure deck reprint i uh i, I said multiple multiple recent structure reprints yeah i mean it's 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 a very reasonable still priced card. still still the most expensive card in all the structures <laughs> Which is wild. yeah probably except yeah. the truck the 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 trap trick structure deck evenly might be more expensive but anyway um probably not the um even evenly evenly was like a 15 dollar card for the longest yeah. time i think with a few notable exceptions in deck course to vanquish soul vanquish soul and castira um and and for a time dragon link actually uh because of the bestial rebellion but um yes deck cores have done a good job of not getting too crazy or they're at least being a window of opportunity where they're cheap the branded chimera yeah. deck had probably a three-week window where it was not expensive at all um before people started experimenting with it right um yeah yeah i picked up all of mine i picked up the entire deck for forty dollars except i'm missing one of my two chimeras guardian chimeras right so i got the entire deck including one of my two guardian chimeras for forty dollars I'm missing one Guardian Chimera and one Magnum the Reliever, which is nothing. Yep. But now that one Guardian Chimera is forty to fifty dollars. So yep. I have uh, all prosperities. So. Uh-huh. I have two quick honorable mentions. Uh, the first one sure. for under two hundred is Gold Pride Punk. Um, that deck can be played without Baron de Fleur, Psychic, and Punisher. Also, just got a reprint in the tins. The Punk engine is very cheap. It's been reprinted into the ground. Uh, as is yeah. the, the gold pride stuff most of the core is not very expensive so if you want like a combo-ish deck to play punk gold pride is good 
Exosister is a yeah. deck that I forgot to put on here that you can definitely build under $100. Magnifica is expensive now because it didn't get a reprint in the tins, which is unbelievable. Um, so that yeah. card is at 16 to 17, but you don't need three of it. And the rest of the deck is now pennies. Uh, the original prints yep. and the uh, tin reprints make the core of that deck incredibly cheap. It also plays Shifter. The extra deck is also just a bunch of Exosister cards. So you, you don't have to shell out for any expensive extra deck cards. Um, so Exosister is something to keep in the back of your mind as well. I would like to say we do give Konami a lot of issues for the price point of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh is a very expensive card game to play, especially when you compare it to something like Pokemon. That said, I don't think Yu-Gi-Oh is as bad now as it has been in the past. I think Yu-Gi-Oh! right now, if you're smart about how you spend your money, is an extremely affordable game, especially compared to something like Magic. I'm not saying that you cannot play Magic cheaply. I'm saying that you cannot play, like, high-level competitive Magic cheaply. I think that is something interesting to touch on, is, is why Yu-Gi-Oh! has the perception it does, and it's partially because there's only one format, right? Like, there yes. are probably a lot of Edison decks you could play for basically no money at all. Um, yeah, not anymore. Oh, I guess now that the format is popular and a bunch of stuff needs reprints really badly. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the yay. issue is that the format's popularity has priced people out of it. Love that. Because so many of the cards haven't seen reprints in a decade. Big fan, of, know, big, mean, uh, big fan of Arc Lord Christia. Uh, how much does that card cost now? <laughs> three bucks four bucks <laughs> you might want to go look that up <laughs> no shot the, i was gonna i was gonna say royal oppression the are secrets like 10 bucks. are Tribe like shoots are 10 I, bucks. I saw somebody talking about it I, there might oh, be oh the a, secrets yeah the secrets are insane the secrets are like four hundred dollars yeah but like you can get the supers for a dollar fifty oh okay and the commons for a dollar fifty yeah yeah no, I, I don't know the about secrets the are like price. the secret first heads are outrageous but yeah uh, i mean even cards like substitute is like twenty five dollars yeah i mean come on that should have been in like an ots pack two packs ago absolute like, zero does not have a printing under 15 dollars or 10 dollars. okay that is cringe the, you'd think they would reprint it at some point in the set with some hero cards but i guess not you would think um all right well i do want to give a praise to konami though for making the game overall very playable even on a budget i say this every year around the time of the megatons and then by January, we're going to be complaining about prices on cards again. And I know that. But if you're getting into the paper card game, there is no better time than Megaton season. Because a year from now, half of these Megaton cards, like if Fenrir doesn't get hit on this ban list, the Megaton secrets on Fenrir are going to be $15. Yeah. Be, uh, yeah, I would be say smart. look at the Megatons now, for example, uh, we're not not financial advisors i will probably be picking up my yeah. copies of illusion of chaos while they're very cheap yes um they're the theory and engine while it's cheap is definitely worth thinking about if you are somebody who likes to have options then especially when the rarity collection drops i would be looking to pick up some staples um because not only are the cards that are in the rarity collection, those prints will be cheaper. The other printings of the cards will go down. So if there's a specific version of something you've been keeping an eye on, that will be the time to, to, to make your choices. I think, though, that if you want to have any indication 
as to how these things are going to go. Also, I would pick up the adventure engine. The adventure engine's criminally cheap. If you want any indication on how this is going to go, uh, last year, lightning storms out of the tins were like five, six bucks. Now they're eight bucks. Uh, ash blossoms were three. Now they're seven. Small worlds were three. Now they're five. Nibiru's were five. Now they're four. Some stuff goes down. Some stuff goes up. Well, Nibiru had a lot uh, of times. Nibiru had an additional reprint. So it depends on yeah. when they get reprints, right? Like uh, Storm also had maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the point that I was trying to make was that a lot of times these things get more expensive. But I guess there's they a lot of the value is specifically in last year's tins was so caught up in the staples that they reprinted in the tins because there was nothing else to print there except for prosperity. So I guess, you know, in a sense, it's like, oh, okay, well, so many of the staples took up so much value in those tins. But this year you don't really have that as much so if you want your engine get it now because they won't be cheap forever so that seems like a good place to wrap it up with some sage advice yeah. so with that said of course let's give a huge shout out to all of our wonderful patrons and again you can get this for as low as one dollar a month a huge thank you to a Bring Red Reboot back to three. Kane Martin, Zyphers, Big Stinky, Blue Eyes is best, Copium, Ding Dong's hostess of the Yang Zing, Free My Home and Gazelle, he said he's sorry. Gold Secrets coming back when Konami got my ash beat by Crossout Designator. HGH Cyber, I used to play Rogue, but then my mom got a job. Is Canada, Nickelback, John Leal, Level 4 Fire Warrior, Gaming Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pistol Place Pendulums, A Silver Hope, Understanding and Reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World, as anyone read Toy Vendor, it's kind of like reading Miss Cars, Aaron Gardner, Alexander Chan, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Atsuyo, Snip at the Silver Cow. So Blackwing Silver in the Senate is the best floodgate. Box wine, come on and get your game on. Duty booty, drag maidenless behavior. I'm about to reek a glamour for tribute. I'm about to reek a glamour tribute for cross these plant nuts in your mouth. Lama Yama Cam Sarama. <laughs> that is Cam is Listen, that is beautiful. As a meta relevant. As someone with a six-year-old who has read Llama Llama Red Pajama more times than I can count, that's really funny. That's well done. Max C Pack, Neshi, Old Man Red, Pinko 143, and slaking it up. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. And of course, until next time, have a great weekend, everyone. Uh, I'm going to click and echo what Sonny said. Until next time, have a great weekend, everyone. I thought that was good. I thought that was good. That was a really good one. <laughs>
Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel.